From a secret location in room 100 of 540 Jack Gibbs Boulevard, this is Craft. My name is Andy Ross, Craft intern, and I'm here today talking to Dara Narangi and Brent Bowman. Dara Narangi is an Iranian-born comic book and graphic novel writer now based in Columbus. His works span many genres, including science fiction and fantasy, but his most recent trilogy, Persia Blues, is his most personal and ambitious yet. His collaborator is Brent Bowman, a local freelance artist, member of their artistic collective panel, and his work has appeared in various anthologies in print and online. The second installment of Persia Blues, Persia Blues Love and War, interweaves ancient Persian mythology with the story of Minu Shirazi coming to the United States to pursue her studies in graduate school at The Ohio State University. The two craft a mystical follow-up to the critically claimed first book, Persia Blues Volume 2 Love and War is now available in bookstores or online at persiablues.com. Thank you for coming on the show today. Just to get started, tell me a little bit about your collaborative process. How did you two initially become connected as artists in Columbus? We both were in a group called Panel. It's kind of a loose collective of writers and artists. Um, and that's where we originally met probably, what, over 10 years ago, maybe? About, yeah. Yeah, thereabouts. Um, About 2005. So. Yeah. And uh, what we did in that group, like the folks that are in it, Everybody had their own, you know, projects that they worked on, but we would also collaborate with each other and publish um, little comic anthologies twice a year. And for the most part, like every member of the group at some point or another had worked with somebody else, uh, except I think the two of us never really actually did a story together. Right. But, you know, obviously I knew Brent and, and his artwork. So when I came up with the idea for the book, uh, I thought of him and I thought it'd be a pretty good collaboration for us. Yeah, I had done a story with um, Dara's daughter, actually. Oh, yeah, she wrote a story, and I, I illustrated it for the anthology, and he did the lettering. But yeah, we hadn't actually worked together on a, on a story. So, Do you think that Columbus is really conducive to graphic novelists and uh, comic book artists? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Columbus has a really great, um, well, a great art scene in general, but there's a, a really big comics uh, community here. So just to sort of touch on each of you individually, what are each of your influences in like your writing and then your respective artwork? You know, it's kind of hard for me to say. I just, uh, I've just been a comic book and a graphic novel fan since I was um, young, so young that I couldn't even read. I just would follow the pictures. So I grew up, you know, reading them. Uh, I grew up reading uh, Tintin and like some other European comics. And then when we came to the states, you know, a lot of superhero books, the Marvel and DC stuff. And then I discovered, you know, this whole world of um, alternative and independent uh, comics and graphic novels. And I think most of not so much, you know, a specific creator, maybe, but just in general, that that feeling of um, that independent publishing spirit that was really thriving in the 80s and early 90s. That's kind of what influenced me. And I always wanted to do my own work. Okay. Yeah, mine, um, I was more, I mean, I've always loved comics since I was probably about 10. My uncle gave me a box of comics to read, and um, I've always loved them. But my number one influence, um, again, some sometime when I was a kid, I got a book called How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way um, by John Buscema and Stan Lee. Mm -hmm. So if you're about our age in your 40s, you probably have read that book if you love comics. And um, it really influenced my drawing skills. Um, in the late 80s, I really loved Savage Sword of Conan. It was a, a Marvel black and white magazine, um, fantasy art, and that stuff is really gorgeous. And, um, you know, that made me want to draw comics. And then, you know, throughout the years, I've had just other influences. Probably my biggest influence is the Warren comics, like eerie and creepy. Um, they were all black and white magazines, so they were limited. You know, they didn't do color. So they had, um, they do a lot of ink washes and um, sometimes pencil and just different techniques just in the black and white um, with black and white technique. And uh, for some reason, I've just 
I've always loved black and white art. So it, that's really inspired me on, you know, different techniques and, and drawing. Sort of going back to the interaction of the art and then the words. As far as crafting like the actual story, how much of it was informed from your initial ideas? And then how much was it uh, that came about as a result of Brent's initial artwork? So the, you know, the, the main plot and, and the story um, was on from my end. I came up with the idea over the course of a year or two when it just kind of percolated in the back of my head and I was trying to work it all out and uh, wrote down, you know, the summary of the whole story and went through the process of pitching it to publishers and all that. So a lot of that was already in place in the characters. Um, and then when I sat down with uh, Brent, you know, he, he started designing the characters. Um, and that was really fun because that's a lot of back and forth where, you know, we look at them together and I'm like, well, you know, I, I kind of like this or I hadn't even thought about that. That's awesome. You know, let's keep that and. So that kind of came to get together organically. And then in the first volume, I think there was maybe a little bit more of a divide where, you know, I wrote, I would work on the script and I would um, get scenes to Brent and he would draw it. And, and we didn't go back and forth too much. But after that first volume was done, I think we had a better feel for um, what each other's strengths were. And I, I know specifically in the second volume, I wrote a lot of stuff with an eye towards, oh, I know, you know, Brent would like drawing this or this would look really great. Yeah, I'd have to say, I mean, we were pretty much on the same page most of the whole way. You know, every once in a while, there'd be something that I, I drew that wasn't quite what Dar had in mind. Um, but for the most part, you know, there were very few changes in the early stages, you know, we did have to work on the costume designs and the character designs and everything. And, you know, I was kind of looking more towards fantasy. And I think we both kind of have a fantasy background. But, you know, I was looking more, you know, at ancient because it's a fantasy world. It's it's not actually ancient Persia. It's a fantasy version of ancient Persia. So I kind of took bits and pieces from different Persian historical periods. So their costumes, she's not wearing one particular period of Persian you know, costume. It, it's several different periods put together, but it was kind of fun to do. Dar had some suggestions early on and they were really good ones. And I, I don't know. I don't know how to, I, I just have to say, I think we worked really well together. I would agree. Uh, you know, and, and vice versa, there's times where I would write a, you know, a certain page and Brent would send me his rough draft of any, and, you know, he would have either added panels or taken some panels away because it made more sense for the storytelling. And, you know, uh, I can't think of a single instance where I was like, no, don't do that. Because obviously yeah, yeah. when it comes to like the actual flow of the images telling the story, he has, you know, so much uh, a better grip at it than I do. So when I saw it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that totally makes sense. Let's do it that way. But I didn't have to do that very often because, you know, again, Dara growing up with comics, you know, he's even though he's not necessarily an artist, he's looked at so many comics, you know, he knows how it flows. So his scripts are very concise and, and very... Um, easy to follow. Are there many ideas, themes, or even characters that were drawn directly from your own experiences? Or? I wouldn't say, you know, necessarily directly, but a lot of them are uh, sort of composites of either my experiences, my parents, uh, my cousins, and, and friends that I know. And then a lot of the themes are just stuff that uh, either I've experienced personally or just uh, in general, you know, it's a common experience for Iranian Americans. So, you know, we deal with family issues. There's a lot of family dynamics and tension between father and daughter, between daughter and mother. So some of those, you know, and, and the personality traits of the father, you know, some came from my own dad or my grandparents or, you know, whatever. So I, like I said, I, I took bits and pieces. Just some of the, uh, like, Minu's experiences in Iran, uh, dealing with, like, the morality police, not being able to go see a soccer game, things like that, you know, are, 
you know, fairly common. I think if anybody follows the news, uh, even a little bit about Iran, you know, that's stuff that happens all the time. And it's just unfortunately a common aspect of life, especially for women there. So, you know, I wanted to pull in a lot of that to um, give it a sense of authenticity. Since uh, the first installment of the Persia Blues trilogy, it received um, pretty high acclaim from critics and was nominated for some national awards. Did that success impact uh, how you went about making the second volume at all? Only in a sense that I was a lot more nervous writing the second book. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, it was really great to see all that stuff, and it was um, definitely helped with motivation. Um, but yeah, I was also I went through a little period of um, being kind of stuck. Maybe not so much uh, like writer's block, but more like a analysis paralysis where I was overthinking mm -hmm. too much, uh, and I had to like really get over that and just just write the book the way I would have and not think about anything else okay yeah, i don't think it really affected i mean my drawing you know the more you draw the better you get so my drawing just got better just from working on the first volume but i mean it was really awesome to be nominated for those awards but i don't think it really had any effect on my art but it didn't lead you to include or remove any sort of plot lines or anything like that from the book any major uh, aspects that's actually a good question not necessarily although i will say you know when i was writing when i came up with the the idea for the trilogy and when I was writing the first book, I didn't want to make it um, necessarily an, an all ages read or, or you know, like a young adult, uh, specifically a young adult kind of book. Mm -hmm. But I, at the same time, I wanted to have it be accessible to a variety of readers. So, you know, young or old, it probably makes, you know, more sense for like uh, older teens and above. So, you know, so we talked about it, Brent and I, we were talking about like for for instance there'll be there were some uh, instances of like fighting and violence in the fantasy world and we talked about let's not make it too violent or too gory because again you know th that's not my intention to necessarily make something like really adult <laughs> via like something superficial like just a violence mm -hmm. but then after the first book got a lot of nominations for like uh, best graphic novels for teens and you know things like that and a lot of young adult centric kind of review sites were reviewing it um, I think that maybe influenced me a little bit more on this on the second book because I was kind of keeping that in the back of my mind. I'm like, that's actually kind of cool because here's a whole audience that I hadn't necessarily thought of when I was writing it. So I was a little bit more aware of it, but we didn't really change our approach that much. No, I'd say the second one's actually a little more violent than the first <laughs> Probably. one. But, um, I mean, not graphically, you know, mm -hmm. not no guts hanging out or anything like that. That's but there is a war going on, so yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> there's a lot more battle scenes in the second one, but... Yeah. Yeah, like nothing, you know, no, no, like Terminator violence or anything, you know, no spinal cords coming out of necks <laughs> or, you know, anything like that. That's always like good that. to hear. Yeah. This is sort of going back to the idea of the evolution of the trilogy. How fully realized was your idea of the trilogy as a whole going into that first book? And has it adapted at all? It definitely has changed. You know, I had to put together a, a summary and, and a pitch when I was shopping it around to publishers. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to see, uh, you know, the publisher that eventually picked us up, uh, NBM. Um, they've been around since the 70s publishing graphic novels. In fact, they're probably one of the first publishers in the U.S. that was doing graphic novels. Um, and so in that initial stage, you know, our publisher wanted to see a breakdown for each volume, uh, you know, a couple page summary, essentially. So mm -hmm. I, I had it fairly well um, plotted out. But then once we started working on it, uh, even just writing the first volume, I kind of deviated a little bit from, from my outline as it made sense. And then the second one, probably even more so. I mean, there are some, some ideas that I had in terms of what's going to happen with the characters that I completely threw out because mm -hmm. I didn't 
I, it, it didn't seem like it, it made sense, you know, and it didn't quite work. And I, um, so I'm not totally married to that other than I know the ending and I know where it's going to go in the third volume. Um, but like the journey towards that, you know, it's, it's changed. Well, the middle part's always the hardest though. <laughs> you know, you've, you've got the beginning and the end, you have to get there somehow and still make it interesting. But yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I noticed just while I, when I, you know, get the, the, got the final book and read it, I noticed that some of the dialogue was different than um, the script that I was working from. I mean, the scenes were still the same. Mm -hmm. It's just some of the dialogue was a little bit different. Yeah, and that's part of the nice thing about collaborating. So, you know, I write the script, uh, Brent draws it, and then I do the lettering, which is, you know, actual word balloons and all that. And I've always said this, you know, I have uh, this love-hate relationship with that because on the one hand, I'm not very good at it. I'm self-taught, so I'm kind of slow. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it feels like I've already written this once. Why am I doing it again? <laughs> But the part that I love is it sort of gives me a chance to rewrite um, based on what the finished artwork is going to look like. Because when you're writing the script and you have this image in your head of what that page is going to look like, that's one thing. But when it's actually done, you know, you can look at it and you're like, oh, you know what? It would actually be a lot cooler if I moved this word balloon to this other panel or if I said something different based on the expression, you know. It, I, I think it matches the writing and the artwork a lot more to do a little yeah, bit of rewrite. That makes sense because, you know, I'll, I'll get in the script that'll just say two people talking, for example. <laughs> so, you know, I, I know what the dialogue is going to be. So I kind of make their expressions, you know, if somebody's saying something angry or, or happy. But, yeah, there's probably going to be a little variation there. Yeah. Okay. There's so only so many ways you can draw people talking. So you got to do different <laughs> angles and different high angles or low angles right. or you know, flip it around so they're reversed so the background is different, you know, just try and make little interesting things. That's uh, my favorite thing. I actually love the little things like backgrounds and there's so many things that half of them get covered up by word balloons anyway, <laughs> but I love putting like little useless things that nobody will ever notice in the backgrounds. That probably so, allows for the most creativity in your Yeah, part. it's fun and, you know, it's part of the research too. You know, you mm -hmm. mentioned that research earlier, you know, there's a scene in um, Manu's bedroom um, when she's a little girl and I put a Barbie doll in there because I found out during my research that Barbies weren't banned in Iran until the like early 2000s I think so you know I figured she'd have a Barbie doll in her room she wouldn't now but she would have you know when she was sick moving on to book three do you guys have any plans yet for Persia Blues volume three so I'm probably I should have been starting on it probably in the last <laughs> few weeks and I haven't yet but uh, I'm gonna be starting soon and the idea is to finish it this year, and it'd probably go on sale in uh, early uh, 2017. And Volume 1 is available in the Columbus Metropolitan Library if you wanted to check it out. Oh, yeah. That's and then point. you could, uh, if you love it, you can buy that one and Volume 2. <laughs> so, But I would much rather, I, you know, I want people to read it. It's great when you buy it, so if you want to, that's awesome. But I want people to read it, so definitely, if you're interested, we are in the library. And for folks that prefer digital versus actual hard copy prints it's available in both formats so you can get a digital for you know um, kindle or um, any any kind of digital reader or you can get the hard copy um thank you again so much to dara naragi and brent bowman for coming on today again second installment of persia blues uh volume two love and war is available at persiablues.com um and also in bookstores and just found out uh, volume one is in the columbus metropolitan library um thanks again for coming on the show guys oh you're welcome yeah, thanks thanks for having us for more information from my guests, visit www.crafttheshow.com. This is Doug Dangler. Until next time, be creative. <laughs>